Hello, everybody. I'm Warren de Guzman. This is the podcast edition of Business Nightly. Philippine shares fall in step with regional markets. As Michelle Ong tells us, the PSE index is back at the 7,500 level. Philippine shares tumbled back to the 7,500 level, joining most Asian markets lower on mounting concerns over slowing global growth and tariffs, this time slapped by the U.S. on European Union goods. The said tariffs to take effect on October 18th. This is on top of the ongoing trade war between Beijing and Washington. While here at home, a lack of domestic catalysts and low volumes have left the local boars vulnerable. Frustrated since the market keeps on going down. And then actually we already reached like um, a couple of months ago, we were doing quite well. But now we're looking at that support that keeps on breaking. So our immediate support will be at 7,500 and resistance of 7,700. For the day, the index shed 65 points to close at 75.45. We've been in a, a dive already, so we do think that there could be possibly more room for uh, for a drawdown. At this point, uh, we could probably see it uh, hitting at the support level at uh, 7.465. Many expect tomorrow's inflation data to be a non-event. In fact, traders are now looking ahead to next week when two companies debut in the market. Will their bravery be rewarded? Sentiment is mixed. They have set their price on the lower end of their target listing price. So I think there's a lackluster demand of investors in terms of these IPOs. But I do think uh, these are solid companies uh, in terms of their fundamentals. But with the current bearish sentiment we have in the short term and midterm, we could probably see a mediocre listing for, for these two IPOs. In corporate stories, the Department of Energy is investigating a mudslide incident that occurred in southwest Tungao, Semilara Island, on Wednesday. An operator on duty working on a drainage canal at the Molave Pit was swept away by the mudslide and remains missing. DOE has deployed a team of geologists and mining engineers to conduct an on-site assessment. Semilara shares closed up for the day. And Cagayan de Oro City-based real estate developer and dealer in agricultural products, A. Brown Company, is buying from the Argo Group, Virus Energy Corporation, which is into integrated floating LNG storage and regasification terminal. It also owns a 506-megawatt floating natural gas-fired power plant in Batangas City. The company also has ventures in oil palm nursery and seedlings distribution, operation of hotels, power generation, and investments in gold mining assets. Michelle Long, ABS-CBN News. Philippine inflation expectations from the private sector, not as low as the Philippine Central Bank's. Economists polled by Reuters estimate September inflation would settle at 1.1% from last month's 1.7%, citing base effects and lower rise prices. This is roughly in the middle of the Banco Central's 0.6 to 1.4% forecast range for the month. Given slowing inflation, the Philippine Central Bank slashed its benchmark interest rate by 25 basis points last week, the third such cut this year. The next day, it reduced banks' reserve requirement ratios by 100 basis points to bolster credit growth. Sara Santos of AB Capital Securities believes there could be more cuts on the way. We 
think that the inflation or the uh, in terms of the rates, the Banco Central might actually give way for another 25 basis points before the year end and a possible triple R cut as the inflation continues to slow down. President Rodrigo Duterte asks Russia's top oil producer to invest in the Philippines. This ahead of Duterte's fourth bilateral meeting with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Pia Gutierrez reports from Russia. The further strengthening of bilateral relations between the Philippines and Russia was front and center during President Duterte's meeting with Russian Prime Minister Dmitry Medvedev in Moscow Wednesday. The Russian leader warmly received Duterte and expressed the Russian government's intent to continue projects with the Philippines in the transportation, energy and agriculture sector, among others. Russian netizens, however, did not take kindly to President Duterte's appearance during the meeting. A foreign journalist even described the president as unkempt. The president's spokesman, Salvador Panelo, was quick to defend Mr. Duterte, saying the president did not mean any disrespect when he loosened his tie during the meeting, as he felt suffocated and very uncomfortable with a tight collar. Panelo adds the president is very hygienic. Duterte also met with the CEO of Rosneft, a Russian government-controlled oil and gas company. Duterte invited him to invest in the oil and gas development in the Philippines. Philippine Ambassador Carlos Soreto earlier said that Russia is interested at conducting oil and gas explorations in the West Philippine Sea, but it does not want to meddle in the ongoing territorial dispute between the Philippines and China. It's not uh, activity between claimants. If ever they go in, they would have to set up under our laws. From Moscow, the president flew to Sochi City, where he is set to address the 16th annual meeting of the Valdai Discussion Club. The club is one of the most prominent political think tanks and discussion groups in Russia. This is the first time that the Philippine president was invited to attend the event. I think it will be interesting to understand his, uh, to, to learn his understanding of uh, way of cooperation in this huge region. How we can build a model of cooperation, of, uh, of uh, communication, and so how we can, we, can uh, we should think about future world. How uh, will we build it? What, what should we do? Duterte is expected to hold bilateral talks with Russian President Vladimir Putin on the sidelines of the forum. This will be Duterte's fourth meeting with Putin, whom he has referred to as his favorite hero. Aside from strengthening bilateral relations, Duterte is also likely to raise with Putin the situation of thousands of undocumented Filipino workers in Russia. The president is also expected to meet with Jordan's King Abdullah bin al-Hussein. For his trip here to Russia, President Duterte brings with him a number of government officials, including Moka Uson, newly installed deputy director of the Overseas Workers' Welfare Administration. But netizens question the presence of several Duterte supporters here in Russia, including actors Philip Salvador and Cesar Montano and lawyer Larry Gadon. Panelo confirms they are not included in the official Philippine delegation, but he says the government did not spend for them to come here. Pia Gutierrez, ABS-CBN News. President Duterte's Russia trip also expected to yield several deals. Trade Secretary Ramon Lopez says Duterte is signing some agreements with uh, Russia's Vladimir Putin during bilateral talks in Sochi today. Among those, about nine business-related agreements in various industries, including technology and agriculture. Lopez, who is part of Duterte's delegation in Russia, says they are looking to introduce more Philippine products to the Russian market.
It covers G2G cooperation uh, on trade and investments. Uh, it covers also some uh, trade deals, uh, business to business. So it would uh, cover supply arrangements like uh, Philippines supplying some agriculture-based products. Russia uh, would like to supply the Philippines with uh, some other materials. This is just the beginning and certainly uh, both sides recognize the huge potential of uh, so many industries that we can both get into. Lopez says while the amount of deals Duterte will bring home may not reach billions, they will work to diversify Philippine cooperation with Russia in more areas, including pharmaceuticals and infrastructure. A business expert believes any improvements to economic relations between the Philippines and Russia will be slow. Bob Herrera Lim, managing director of business consultancy firm Tenea, notes Russia has had minimal involvement in this part of the world. It's consistent with what he's been trying to do for the better part of the last three years. As you know, you know the China strategy is part of that. Now, obviously, he wants to go to the country's more non-traditional allies. The challenge is this: Russia is a resource-exporting country. Historically, Russia has not been as involved in in Southeast Asia. Uh, and I think that makes it challenging because you don't have these strong connections, whether at the bureaucratic level or at the business level. Now, this might get it jump-started or these frequent visits might pay off in the long run. But in the short run, I think we have to be pragmatic about it. It's, it's going to be slow going. Senator Grace Poe, meanwhile, brings to the table a unique suggestion for another one of the country's transport problems, traffic congestion on EDSA. Poe says a proposal brought to her called for the dedication of special MRT coaches for business class passengers. That's to encourage people who normally drive cars to ride the train instead. The transport department said it's open to the idea. You can charge um, maybe 300% more per passenger. So sabihin na natin, tig to 200 pesos or tig to 300 pesos yung sasakay doon. Um, meron silang guaranteed space and designated line. Okay, bakit? Because ito yung mga taong who can afford to pay that amount are the ones that probably drive private vehicles. Doon po sa Tutuban, papuntang Clark, doon pong papuntang Bicol, yung pong gagawin sa Mindanao. Meron hong three classes ho yan. Hindi na ho one class tayo na puro uh, a uh, regular class or ordinary class. Meron pong ordinary, meron pong uh, business, at meron pong first class. Tama, TJ? Pagkatapos po niyan, meron pa din pong express. Having said that, uh, yung solution ho, uh, pwede pong pagtuunan ng pansin yan. Pag nagawa na po yung uh, kabuuan o natapos yung kabuuan ng gagawin ng sumitomo. Japan, Sumitomo, and Mitsubishi Heavy are the original maintenance providers for the MRT-3. They are currently rehabilitating the light rail system with a completion target of July 2021. The rehab should also help improve MRT-3's ridership from the current 300,000 to 600,000 per day. Well, Philippine Transport Secretary Arthur Tugade is hopeful the contract for the rehabilitation of the country's main gateway, the Ninoy Aquino International Airport, 
will be awarded before the end of the year. The unsolicited proposal for the project by the so-called NAIA Consortium was just approved by the National Economic and Development Authority Investment Coordination Committee last week. And Tugade says they have already met with consortium members twice since then. And they are now waiting for a few more submissions by the consortium next week before the 60-day Swiss challenge can begin. We are thinking of having uh, it approved by uh, huh? by uh, approved with finality before the end of the year, including the Swiss Swiss challenge. Local utility firms Manila Water and Manila appeal a Supreme Court ruling which imposed on them hefty fines for violations of the Philippine Clean Water Act. The two water concessionaires were fined over 921 million pesos, or about 17 million U.S. dollars, for failing to connect existing sewage lines to available sewerage systems. In its appeal, Manila blasts the fines as excessive and confiscatory. Manila Water wants the fine reduced, saying it complied with a portion of the law. The Philippines' third telco player, Dito Telecommunity, partners with Sky Cable and Chavit Singson's LCS Holdings to support its rollout. Under the deal with Sky Cable, Dito will utilize the Lopez family-owned firm's unused fiber optic cables within Metro Manila. It also signed a deal for the lease of common towers that the LCS group will be putting up nationwide. Dito's chief administrative officer, Adel Tamano, says the deal saved the company from having to build its own infrastructure from scratch and ensures a faster delivery of more affordable and secure internet connectivity to the Philippines, not to mention more competition for existing service providers, PLDT Smart and Globe Telecom. Dito is the consortium of Dennis Ois Udena Corporation and Chelsea Logistics with state-run China Telecom. It's targeting to be commercially operational by the end of the year or by the first quarter of 2020. ANC is part of the Lopez Group of Companies along with Sky Cable. The Bureau of Internal Revenue shuts down seven establishments allegedly catering to mainly Chinese employees of offshore gaming firms. These so-called Pogo restaurants were located south of Metro Manila under the trade name Young Restaurant. They were closed for failing to pay the correct taxes. Five other establishments were not registered at all. Prior to the closure, the BIR said the establishments were given a 48-hour notice and a five-day value-added tax compliance notice. The shutdown stemmed from the BIR's tax compliance verification drive, which targets nighttime businesses operating in southern Metro Manila. And before we go, a visit to the world's first hotel with holographic staff. At Tokyo's Hena Hotel, guests won't be welcomed by human receptionists. Instead, they are greeted by characters in 3D light projections, including a dinosaur, a ninja, and a butler. The holograms can speak English, Chinese, Japanese, and Korean, and can read the guests' emotions with the help of a camera. Customized special projections will also lead visitors to their elevators after check-in. There are human staff too, but they are left to do other important work. The price for this tech novelty experience, just over 80 US dollars a night, or a little over 4,000 pesos. 
And that's Business Nightly. You can watch highlights, recaps, and exclusive content of our shows online. Subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Thank you for joining us.